Hey, you probably thought all the garbage was over in 2020, but if events of the past few days have shown us anything, it has clearly followed us into the new year. So we decided we needed something fun. So why don't we go beat up on some Nazis? We hope you'll enjoy our take on Pulp. it all together is really really interesting and it's Seinfeldian uh, and creative I would not say it's Seinfeldian yeah you're right it's not. because there's a little bit more bloodshed I would say but we clearly weren't watching the same Seinfeld show <laughs> Ryan I think it's time we go back in time where are we going are we going to Ancient Egypt to read about the secret origin of my third or fourth favorite X-Men villain, Apocalypse. No, there will be no tales of Ensabinur and or Oscar Isaac. Let's get a little more recent than that. How about the swinging 60s for some titillating tentacle-based Lovecraftian cosmic horror? Why is it always got to be weird with you, dude? I have been watching this animated video that's been making the rounds <laughs> online of a guy grilling himself. And I've been sending it to my friends. Remind me to send it to you. This week. We're <laughs> <laughs> There's no I, and I am going to send you that video. <laughs> but before you do that, this week, we're heading back to the 1930s on the eve of WW2 in the big city. A sleepless dame. It was this who. <laughs> Jesus, who wrote this shit? <laughs> On the eve of WW2, in the big city, a sleepless dame who is as cruel as she is beautiful. I like where this is going, but tell me, Roman, what is it about? Well, what happens when you take a washed-up, reformed cowboy bandit turned comic book writer who's down on his luck, flat broke, got a rotten ticker, and can't leave his old lady hanging? I know, you put him in an assisted care facility. No, you put him on a mission to steal money from the Nazis! Oh... I'm Roman Segel. I'm Ryan Joe. And we're two dudes who wish they were cowboys giving it something good to some Nazis. Sounds dirty. This week, we're reading Pulp by the long-standing writer-artist duo of Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. To many, Brubaker's best known for revitalizing Captain America with his Winter Soldier storyline, but to true fans, we know and love Brubaker's frequent team-ups with Sean Phillips for any number of non-superhero crime dramas. If you want some good comics reading, I would highly recommend any number of the duo's pairings like Sleeper, the Fade Out, Fatal, and their long-standing series, Criminal. The Michael Jackson series. <laughs> so, Ryan, this was a brand new read for me by some of my favorite creators, but I had a lot of fun with it. So tell me, how are you planning on shitting on something that I really enjoyed? I'm not. I actually had a lot of fun with it, too. It kind of reminded me of, like, Steven Soderbergh doing movies like Haywire or Ocean's Eleven. He's kind of mostly just fucking around, but in a really entertaining way. Who so, are you, know, you, and what have you done with my Ryan? I, You know what? I mean, like... You know, when I, when I shit on something, is, or when we shit on something, it's yeah, usually yeah. because... I take equal shitting ownership. You, you, we both shit equally. We're 50-50 shitting, Ramen. That's actually... That was alternate title quarantine comics. It's like 50-50 shitting. No. Fun fact. Uh, I mean, you know, because a lot of the comics we read have these really kind of lofty aspirations, and sometimes they make it. They get there. Sometimes they don't. They're taking risks in really unusual ways. And, okay, so here's how I'm going to shit on it. Uh, this one doesn't really take... <laughs> 
<laughs> many unusual risks. But that's not what it wants to do. It wants to tell just like a really cool story, a pulpy story involving cowboys, Nazis. And I got to say, the way Brubaker brings it all together is really, really interesting. And It's Seinfeldian. Uh, <laughs> And creative. I would not say it's Seinfeldian. Yeah, you're right. It's not. Because there's a little bit more bloodshed, I would say, but... We clearly weren't watching the same Seinfeld show. It's this conglomeration of different types of pulps, right? Yeah. Nazis, cowboys... Hard-boiled writers. Yeah. Yeah, and it all kind of comes together in a storyline that feels like really, really organic and is just like a real fun story to read because... At the heart of it is this retired cowboy who is desperate for money, and this is his last hurrah. I mean, right? This is his last hurrah story, like Unforgiven in that sort of vein. So I love it. He's bringing all of these pulp tropes together into this really actually very tight storyline. Yeah, that's tight is such a good word for this because, I mean, it clocks in. It's a proper graphic novel. Probably could have been a two to three issue miniseries, but when I heard about this latest release by Brubaker... Someone was like, yeah, yeah, they just went straight to graphic novel. And it's clear they knew what they wanted to do, and they just kind of made a sprint. And you can read it in one sitting. It's a nice 30-minute episode that feels like a movie. And it was just fun. It wasn't dumb fun, but it wasn't like overly cerebral fun trying to tell a message. It's just trying to tell a quick story. And yeah, you're right. They didn't take a lot of risks. But I just felt like they were just hitting all the nerves, all the good ones. Yeah. You know? You know, yeah, I mean, you know what I liked about, so it, the story's about this kind of former cowboy outlaw who's now this pulp writer down on his luck, bad heart. And he's writing cowboy comic books that are, you find out based on his real life. Right, and based on his like, real life. Yeah. And, and he's, you know, not getting paid particularly well for it. And he just needs the money so that his wife can actually, he can leave something to her. And one thing I liked about his past is that how he just, retires he goes to mexico and just lives a very quiet life and i like how all of his posse there is one guy that he ran with i forgot his name you know you kind of expect it to be this blaze of glory when he goes out but actually he's the guy just doesn't know what to do with himself once he moves to mexico and he drinks himself to death so i liked how there's this almost quiet petering out of his life i mean it's fact when we meet him he's being stiffed by his publisher he gets his ass kicked by a bunch of thugs in the subway and uh, motherfuckers yeah and and he kind of finally has this moment at the end where he gets that last hurrah that stereotypical going out in a blaze of glory but but it would parallel it's funny when you mention that so in his old life him and his friend make it down to mexico and his guy his buddy can't take the simple life and you show at the end of the modern story in in the 30s he gets the money he buys the house in Queens for his old lady and he's sitting on the hammock reading a book and he writes everything in Rosa's name. And you think that the book could end there. And then he finds out those Nazi motherfuckers did something terrible and he goes back and he goes to a bar and he goes out in a blaze of glory at the very end. That's actually what I liked. I mean, cause up till then I was sort of like, all right, that's it. You know, happy ending, right? Well, yeah. yeah, he teams up with a former en- enemy to bring down some Nazis. And actually the plan has some hiccups, but nothing that feels particularly threatening or nothing that feels like he doesn't really go to the brink when the plan goes wrong. It's just minor issues and they get it resolved and then he gets his payout. Um, and if you're thinking, all right, well, all that lead up for something kind of simple, but so, but I felt well, but what there, there was, afterwards. There was, the heart, 
there was a heartfelt feel-good twist in it. He thinks he's getting stiffed by this guy who just wants revenge. Yeah. And in reality, find out the Pinkerton, the former enemy, is a Jew. And the reason he got kicked out of the Pinkertons had something to do with him being a Jew, basically, right? And he's like, no, we got to make this right. There's, and they watch a, a movie, a, a news drama about the Nazis, and you see those same blonde hair, blue-eyed guys who kicked his ass in the subway, who are like cheering it on. I, it, it ties it all together really well. The guy wasn't just an asshole trying yeah. to skip him. He was trying to do the right thing. He was really trying to do the right thing. But that's actually my criticism of that particular ending because it ties it out really well. It's almost as a neat bow. And yeah, it's kind of an interesting revelation. We discover more about these characters and what motivates them to do what they do. And that's cool and all. But from just action standpoint, right, you were expecting there's this big lead up into this heist and you almost expect shit to go really wrong and for them to escape by the skin of their teeth. I forgot the phrase. Skin of their teeth, as it were. And... So when they have those revelations at the end, which wraps everything up, I'm like, oh, that's satisfying, but still not satisfying because it just feels too neat. And then there's the coda, which I, that's where I was like, okay, that's, that's actually a little bit more interesting. And that's where you kind of have the real blaze of glory. I'm going to go out firing scenario. Yeah. (laughs) He goes to a Nazi bar and he shoots some, some Nazis and he gets some good, but then they get him. And the last scene is i don't want to say it's beautiful it's gory but it's like that's the ending he deserved that's the ending he wanted you know one thing i really liked about this book they really create a sense of the frailty of this man this guy who had been this charming outlaw in the past but his body is like to beat to shit his soul is beat to shit and brubaker and sean phillips do a fantastic job of creating that sense of how beat down this man is up to that point. Even when he's planning, he's getting his guns out and getting ready to pull off this first heist. It doesn't seem like a comeback. Like, oh man, he's back for good. He's back in action. It's more like, oh dude, don't hurt yourself. (laughs) So they actually do a really good job of just creating this atmosphere where this guy just has everything going against him and there's just no way of that he's going to succeed. And that's both Brubaker's writing of like having all of the shit on his head, but also Sean Phillips art of this guy always looking frail and, and weak and like huffing and puffing. Like he has a lot of troubles. just walking. Well, I mean, he's had strokes multiple times. Yeah, and yeah. Through, there are scenes where he's spending time with the doctor. What I love about, well, it's two things I'll say that I loved. I, I've said many times on this podcast, I love it when, an artist and a writer pair up and go the distance for a hundred issues on Saga or a you know, hundred issues on Ultimate Spider-Man or whatever. But it's usually one property they stick together with. And Brubaker and Phillips stick together for a lot of projects, but in this genre. And that's the second thing I love. On this podcast, we've effectively covered two kind of fiction and nonfiction genres. Fiction is, you know, supernatural, robots, aliens, superheroes, superpowers, and nonfiction is usually semi-autobiographical right? And this book kind of threads the needle right in the middle. It's an action movie without superpowers. It's an action movie without anything fantastical in it. And that's what Brubaker and Phillips do so well together with a few exceptions. Like in Fatal, there is some supernatural stuff going on. But I mean, Criminal is just such a good book because it's just about flawed people in the real world that are just written really well. 
you know, and I just enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, what, what resonates to you with Brubaker? I haven't read much of him. I read Winter Soldier. I don't think I've read much more. Did he do that comic book that takes place in either the Arctic or the Antarctic? I think they made it into a really uh, shitty movie with Kate Bick. Did he white out? Uh, I believe he did, yeah. And that might have been one of the first books I discovered. I didn't know it was him. It was just people saying, you should read, you know, Wizard or something. Saying, if you want to read something, you should read this. Oh, um, I, wait, 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 wait. I looked it up. It's uh, Greg Rucka and Steve Lieber. So sorry. We we screwed that up. Edit so, that no, I, shit up. I have, no, leave it in. Let our shame show. Our ignorance show. <laughs> so no, I've only read the Winter Soldier storyline. I think you'd enjoy his, I mean, look, it's good storytelling. His run on Captain America is great, but his work is made greater when you remove him from the genre of superheroes. It just gets good. I would highly recommend anyone to just read Criminal, which is an ongoing series in the real world where all these characters are loosely connected. But I think Ryan, because of like the Lovecraftian <laughs> horror stuff going on in uh, Fatal, I'd highly recommend that book as well. They're just, it's a good team. I think they tell good stories and it's as real as Bendis or Kevin Smith's dialogue is real. It's not right. Like it sounds good. These stories play good. These characters are believable. They're frail. They're flawed. They're not the best at everything. They're really fucked up. And I think that's just what I enjoy. It's just kind of a pleasant distraction. I mean, if one, a lot of books on this podcast, I've talked to my wife about this after we record and I go back upstairs. If this podcast has taught me anything about myself or uncovered something I already knew, but I didn't know how to articulate it, I just like the medium of comic books. It's a great storytelling medium that shouldn't be restricted to superheroes. And it honestly, I love reading autobiographical nonfiction stuff, like some of the things we've read, but I also just enjoy the, it's just a fast medium when done well with a writer and artist where, as we talked on the Hawkeye episode, when the panels just move you through the story really well. It's a refreshing, pleasant experience to read a good comic. Fatal is sort of like this Lovecraftian situation happening, uh, part noir, part Lovecraft. So is, is this a thing with Brubaker? Another, does, does he kind of bring all of these different genres or pulp genres together? I mean, because you mentioned Fatal, we were talking about pulp, which is literally that. Yeah. I mean, is that is that characteristic of him? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, another run that he did that was really well was his run on Daredevil is really good as well, because it the only person with any powers is Matt Murdock. There's not really a lot of other stuff going on. It's just the criminal underground. Yeah, he likes crime. He likes crime dramas. What does he do so well with when it comes to de depicting crime? He's not the only writer who does it. You know, Bendis does it. He definitely brought that aesthetic to Daredevil during his run. And then you got Frank Miller, who has kind of like a super stylized interpretation of it. So what would you say Brubaker does that's different from some of the other writers who... Man, you were getting into straight up reporter mode, dude. Because there's right? not much to talk about in the story. <sighs> I don't... I, it's hard <laughs> It's hard to explain, my friend. I know what I like. That's all I can say. I mean, the, the frailty of it or, or the flawed nature of these characters is something he does. So the, the main character in Pulp, he's just down on his luck. He's not Peter Parker down on his luck. He's like gotta pay the rent not as strong as he used to be not the badass he once was i i don't know maybe it's this it's not an idealized picture right like some of the no, kind of the opposite in a way well but it's the idealized sorry it's the idealized nature of the flawed person not the idealized nature of the the captain america do-gooder it's the flawed fucked up even like bucky barnes and the winter soldier what made the Winter Soldier storyline strong wasn't Cap's reaction to Bucky. It was all the fucked up shit that Bucky was dealing with, his PTSD and all the brainwashing and stuff. That's what made it so good. I mean, the plot, 
and the twists and the turns obviously were fantastic. And he does that well. Too. I mean, I think he stitches together a pretty tight narrative. I'm not going to say I haven't found one to be meandering. Parts of Fatal had me there. Criminal, every book is kind of standalone, so you could read them by themselves. You could just pick up any volume and be good to go. Yeah, I don't know. I just, it's hard to understand what you like sometimes. Do you think a pulp would have been... It's like I, there's there's part of me that was wavering about whether there should be more of a tie-in with a present versus with with what he like did. Like the 1930s like, present or like our present? Sorry, the 1930s present like with the present what of he, this book, right? Yeah, with what he did as a outlaw back in the early 1900s, late 1800s. Because while they're the fodder for his stories, and they certainly you have this element of this Pinkerton from his past coming back to now be ask for his help because we never really understand but did he do anything really bad back in the day did he do anything really or was he just mostly just robbing trains and other robber barons i think you lose a little bit of the impact that you could have had of who he was is he a man who's redeeming himself is he a man who did some stuff that was like really notorious it would have been a little bit more interesting if brubaker could have found a way to tie specific things that this guy did in the past with his present self in some way, shape, or form. And I think there was opportunity to do that with the Pinkerton specifically. Like, you were the guy I always wanted to catch because you did this, this, and this, and it was fucked up, but I need your help now. You know, that could have, it could have created a, a more interesting bond between the two former enemies, now allies. I don't need it. You know, I need you to paint enough of a backdrop. I for need me. it, man. I need the drama. No, because I think no matter what you would do with it, it wouldn't satisfy you. You just want something else to shit on. And Brubaker's well, no, no, not no, no, giving no, no, it no. to you. Wait, what do you mean it wouldn't satisfy? Well, if you do I, it well, it'll satisfy. What do you mean it's not? Do you, you think Brubaker's not a good enough editor, writer to pull that off? Why take the? I, I don't think you need take to the take the risk it. because you you have the opportunity to add more intrigue, more drama, more. I think there's plenty of intrigue. I got enough of a taste that this guy was a cowboy outlaw who rode down to Mexico. The thing about his daughter, what happened to his daughter? I don't need a six issue miniseries about it. You know, like I not about I his like daughter. I don't care about his daughter. No, I, what but I'm saying I do is care. There, there, are thread, there are threads about his life that I don't need to know. Uh, sure, but there are threads about his life that we do need to know, or no, it would be cool to know, to know that you want to know. And it what's the difference? Wait, wait, wait. What's the, what's the, what's the difference? Needing to know means you can't move. You can't move past it. You can't understand what's really going on with this character and the motivations without it. Want is you just want a little taste more. You want to go a little deeper. There's a big difference between need okay. and want, and he's leaving you wanting more. You don't need more. You have to, what I love about this book. Coming coming back to the word tight, is you get everything you need from it. I want more. Absolutely, you want to leave the party. When people want you to keep staying, you don't want to be the guy still at the party when everyone wishes you had already left. I'm pretty sure I got that from Seinfeld. Bringing it back. No, he could have given us more and still kind of created that that effect. What it would have added is, a, as I mentioned this before, is a more interesting bond between the two guys, the two men, a more complicated relationship between the two. If we understood the nature of this... Of what was the Pinkerton's relationship to the cowboy, right? In the past. I mean, we know he was hunting him, but how important was this cowboy to this particular Pinkerton? If they you know were like what? really and Sean Phillips are gonna listen to this episode, and in six months, Wizard's gonna announce that they're doing a pulp prequel 
and it's going to be dedicated to you, Ryan. <laughs> Doesn't need a prequel. That would not work. I'm saying it, you just need to get a sense of like, okay, in the past, this cowboy did something really, really maybe vile, maybe he killed someone, whatever. Something that really kind of made this particular Pinkerton want to want him dead or captured. And now in the present, the, the situation has 180. Because now I I he needs your help. No, that would have created that would have created so much more not, tension. I mean, it's clear, ob- clearly obvious. He was robbing from what the do you rich. Mean it's clearly <laughs> obvious. It's weak. It's tepid. It's sort of like this generic. Well, you, yeah, you know what I wanted to catch you one time. The Pinkertons were hired detectives. The robber barons yeah. were rich capitalists. This guy used to rob from the rich capitalists. They clearly hired the Pinkertons to hunt his ass down for robbing from the robber barons. Okay, the that's end. a Wikipedia. That's a Wikipedia version of it. But Brubaker is actually trying to create a story with real characters. It's not just like, hey, here's the backstory. Here's the exposition. Okay, that's out of the way. Let's go to the present. He could have created a lot more urgency by creating a a more dramatic past between these two characters. An unresolved conflict that now has to be put aside so they can get the present work done. That's my take on it anyway. We just bought ourselves an extra 10 minutes of an yeah. of a podcast that's 10 minutes too long. <laughs> I would say our podcast is only five minutes too long. Oh, yeah. <laughs> would you read something else by Brubaker if this was yeah. your first reading? He's actually been a guy I've been meaning to read more of. I just haven't had time. As you know, time being a precious commodity these days. Time is a lake. Yeah, I think I think we should do a longer read of one of his runs, either criminal or fatal. And I give me, you, you know how excited I am about Lovecraftian tentacles, Roman. I'm going to go with fatal on this one. <sighs> You're going to have to edit the shit out of that one, then. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ryan, I, I have to ask one last question. Oh, what's that question, Roman? What are we reading next week? I'm so glad you asked that. Next week, we're going to be reading The Arab of the Future by the French-Syrian cartoonist Riyad Satouf. Satouf, a cartoonist for the left-wing French publication Charlie Hebdo, grew up with a French mother and a Syrian father, cutting his time between the two countries and cultures. Arab of the Future is a memoir of growing up between those two countries as he tries to figure out what it means to be Arab, only to find that it changes not only based on what country he's in, but also based on what part of the country he's in, as well as who he's interacting with. At turns funny and disturbing, it is an amazing book, and I really look forward to talking about it with you. And Roman, I believe we'll have your friend and colleague Saif Hamid contributing to the discussion as well, whose parents immigrated from Egypt and who is himself from the exotic land of Ohio. Can't wait. So far, so good. So we'll see you next week. And that's our show. Like what you heard? Be sure to share with a friend, subscribe, and leave us a review wherever you get your favorite podcasts. See lots of pretty pictures of books we read at qtdcomics.com. I'm Roman Segel. And I am and have always been Ryan Joe.